Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And I honestly didn't believe tech would ever win another football game until they did on Saturday. That's a weight off our shoulders. Yep. Yep. It was it was nice. It was fun to be in that football stadium, um, you know, and I didn't fully believe that we were going to win it until uh, until we got to about like 15 seconds left in the game on Charlotte's final drive. Then I was like, OK, they don't have time left to score twice. So I think we're good, but one, we'll get one into of, that. One of four people in attendance. Yeah. Well, there were 12 people. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, all 12 of us had a good time. I would say as one of those 12, I feel like you're uniquely qualified to give our 90 second recap for this game. Yeah, sure. You got your you got your stopwatch ready. I don't I don't think yeah. this this will probably be longer because there's a lot to talk about here. All right. Three, two, one. Charlotte started with the ball and drove straight down the field before a beauty of an interception by Khalil Ladler uh, stops the drive at the goal line. Tech then responds with a 16-play, 98-yard drive to strike first and lead 7-0 on a Marcus Williams touchdown run. Charlotte again drives the length of the field, but Tech gets a stop on second, third, and fourth and goal from the one-yard line to take over on downs. But then Aaron Allen makes maybe his only bad pass of the entire night, uh, throws it straight to a Charlotte defender, which leads to the 49ers uh, tying the game at 7, 10 plays later. Tech then went on a 10-play, 54-yard touchdown drive, led again by Marcus Williams, who added his second score of the day. Charlotte goes three and out, and then Tech ends the half by missing a 37-yard field goal uh, at the buzzer. The second half starts out pretty crazy. I'm just going to blow through this real quick. Tech starts with the ball, and then the drive chart reads like this. Touchdown, field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. That's six touchdowns in a row scored by both teams. Uh, three, three each, I mean, until all of a sudden that 14 to seven halftime score has become a 42 to 32 tech lead with eight and a half minutes left in the game. Um, at this point, neither defense had even sniffed a stop since the second quarter. And the longest scoring drive was 514, which was a drive by tech. And that was by far the longest drive. Most of these drives took about a minute and a half. So really seemed like the last team with the ball would win the game. Uh, but then tech got stopped three and out ends up punting. But Charlotte gets stopped on downs um, it, deep in Tech territory, and then Tech is able to run out most of the clock and then punt, and Charlotte kind of tries to get to the end zone, ends up with a Hail Mary at the buzzer, but they're down 10. Tyler Grubbs knocks it down anyway, 42-32. to 32. Final score. It's a minute and 57 seconds. Okay, well, there were a lot of touchdowns, and I, <laughs> I skipped most of them anyway, but... R- rounds down to 90 seconds, I guess. Sure. But yeah, I, again, Tech wins a football game over, again, a team, I think they saw the broadcast, and I still don't quite believe a team we haven't played in football, at least not in conference play, and Charlotte, just because all the way over in North Carolina, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, Tech wins their one and only conference game against Charlotte. I guess we'll play next year, probably, before they leave. Maybe. But maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, it feels good to win. Yeah, it feels good to play that well offensively i think right like we've we've struggled at times this season on both sides of the ball and the defense certainly struggled in this game but the offense was able to do enough to to just go out and win the game and that was really really fun to watch it was you know there were a lot of high fives um in my group that was there watching the game so uh yeah it was it's just fun man it's it's so nice to win a game (laughs) yeah and it's nice to win a game that i really wasn't sure if we were going to win or not 
I didn't know a lot about Charlotte going in, but I knew that they were on the right side of 500. Yep. Uh, obviously not a, a piss poor team and tech has lost to much better teams. So, and uh, worse teams and worse I mean, teams. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I was getting to. Although ODU is on a three game win streak right now. Yeah. Um, what the hell is going on with ODU? Them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we single-handedly brought them back apparently. Yeah. It's like a uh, waking Godzilla from the deep. They're awake now and they'll never lose again. But it's nice to, it is nice to win a football game and it's nice to see the offense doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. It was the offense led by Aaron Allen, the quarterback who had one more start this so far this year. And that was against North Texas, another green conference USA team that he beat. Mm. So there's that. Apparently Man. that's, that's how it works well, but, with him. But, but in 2019, when he started against Marshall and UAB, which are also green, he did not win. So I don't think I, I thought you were onto something there, Nathan, but I don't know. In even um, years. So we just need to <laughs> make sure he comes back in two years. Anyway. Yeah. 21 of 27, 324 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. What wow. else could you ask for, for with your second or possibly third, depending on how you see the situation string quarterback. Yeah. He, he played tremendously well. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't just the, that stat line, which obviously, I mean, 21 for 27 is a great stat line. It was the decision-making. It was the, Matt, you, you didn't like this word last week, but I'm going to use it anyway. Poise that he showed in the pocket. Um, I don't, did he get sacked? I don't even know if he got sacked. I don't recall a sack. I know that he had a, I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. He had a weird looking pass where it looked like he shoved the ball uh, and it was one of his incompletions. Yeah. And the interception was bad, but, I mean, even that, like this season, we've we've talked about how tech will get punched in the mouth or they'll make a mistake and then they'll just kind of go into some kind of shell and and they don't respond well to that. Aaron Allen came back out and immediately started playing excellent football again after that throw. And and it was almost like it didn't happen, you know, which is great to see, because last year in the bowl game, we saw him completely fall apart after after one or two mistakes. Right. So really good to see him play that well. And, and, you know, it kind of makes the quarterback battle in camp next year, going into next season, a little bit more interesting. I think Aaron is technically a sophomore, isn't he? Yeah. Because of the COVID year. So if he's got two years left and we know Kendall's out the door, if he's going to play consistently like that keyword consistently, then uh, yeah, he's what the hell? I mean, he could be in the mix for starter next year. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who plays like that. Yes, is, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's a welcome controversy, too, by the way. I welcome yeah, oh yeah. J.D. Head and Aaron Allen if they're both. I mean, and I think Aaron, Aaron's Luke being Anthony. yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't I don't know what's going to happen there. but I, And I don't want to get too bogged down on this because I've got a game to talk about. But it's a good problem to have going forward, having uh, Head and Allen play so well. And Head, I think this is great. It, it gives me hope that next year won't be as dismally awful as this year has been. Yeah. You talked about how he made a couple of mistakes early against Georgia Southern in the bowl game and just kind of went off the rails, but it was a lot easier to kind of not have to feel like you have to win the game yourself. When you have a running back who has 29 carries for 131 yards and four touchdowns and Marcus Hell Williams yeah. jr. The that helps game. a lot. Yeah. The front game arrived. My it God. Did. And it was, it was a good, that was a good feeling too. Yeah. It gave me some, uh, I don't like to say this because it feels like sacrilege almost, but some Dixon vibes out there yesterday from, from Marcus, uh, four touchdown day. What, what is that average? Four, four and a half. Oh yeah. It's tremendous. And yeah. that tech didn't have a running back with less than a 3.4 average <laughs> yards per carry. Greg Gardner with 3.4 and KHB with 
Aaron Allen had one carry for six yards, no sacks. So we got some positive yardage from the quarterback too. But um, well, more importantly, the offensive line must have done a fair job. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that I mean, really, the good in this in this game. I mean, it, God, it feels like we could just talk about every position group on the offense, right? I mean, look at these wide receiver numbers too. Smoke Harris eight receptions for ninety eight yards. We were just talking last week about how he always seems to show up big, but we lose. So nice to see him be up around 100 yards uh, receiving. Yeah. yeah, he had 98 yards. It's the first time we've won a game where he's had more than 64 yards in a game. Wow. Uh, Trey Harris continues to be impressive. Five catches for 91 yards. Isaiah Graham even getting in. I, I actually missed the catch that he had in the end zone um, because I was down getting some hot cocoa because the sun went down and it got cold. <laughs> and I'm a little bitch, basically. So I, I, was, down, I, was, I was down uh, getting some... <laughs> Get some hot cocoa and uh, and I heard the roar of the crowd and I was like, damn, we've only been down here for like a minute. What the hell happened? And turns out Isaiah Graham was catching a, a crazy touchdown that, you know, I had to pull up on my phone to, to check that out on Twitter. But um, yeah, so just just a really strong all around offensive performance, right? Yeah, Isaiah Graham, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss I'm going to miss that guy. I thought he had some uh, some good plays, too. Yeah. So it sounds like offense was pretty much all good across the board, even the offensive line giving up zero sacks. How do we feel about the defense? I mean, they started off pretty uh, strong. That first drive in an interception, then a turnover on downs, finally a touchdown, and then a punt. That's all that happened in the first half. But the second half, like Evan said, we're field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Uh, yeah, it's, stretch there by the 49ers. It, it's all, this whole game is almost a tale of two halves, right? I mean, the only points the defense gave up in the first half was off of that interception that Aaron Allen threw. Like It was around like the 35-yard line of Tech that Charlotte took over. They had a couple you know, fourth down stops in this game. They, they had, like I said, in the recap, they stopped him on second and one third and one and fourth and one, um, <laughs> at the goal line. That's and great. now Charlotte's play calling was, was pretty bad in my opinion there, but we, you know, we still stopped him. Right. So they needed one yard and we did not give it to him. So you got to give them credit for stuff like that. But then my God, in the second half, what were they doing out there? Yeah. I don't know. This is, uh, I hate to evoke the BBB, but very skip holtzing into the whole thing kind of to kind of let a, let things kind of slip. But that doesn't necessarily mean well, I mean, the defense was pretty bad, but I saw some things I still liked. One thing I did not like the worst was seeing Tyler Grubbs drop two interceptions. We were literally yell- like the people around. Uh, there were some like college kids sitting kind of near us and we were all just like grubs grubs and these kids were <laughs> laughing because they were like what the hell <laughs> why are these old people yelling or yelling at that kid because it's like right in his damn hands you know but yeah, um but you know what at least he knocked the ball down yeah and then it, even on the hail mary attempt at the end he knocked the ball down on purpose but it was him who did it so I, was, I was like grubs come on man <laughs> should have pick, picked it off and housed it <laughs> but yeah uh, i mean that's that, the dream yeah, it, it's always it's better to knock those down than to do nothing whatsoever. So, uh, <laughs> but is, uh, there's something else I just want to say that whoever picked off I forget the fellow's name who picked off the ball on the first Charlotte drive. That's the best defensive Gladly. play I've seen all season. I was about to bring him up because when we talk about what the defense was differently in the second half and how they just fell apart. I think it's it's two things. I think one that's been an issue all year is depth, where we get tired by the end we're not able to do as many rotations and stuff i'm kind of curious about snap counts 
I don't have those numbers, but I'm kind of curious how that compares to previous years. But the other big thing from this game specifically was Ladler with that pick on that first drive uh, from Charlotte and then just kind of been one of our better secondary players all year. On the fourth offensive play for Charlotte in the second half, he gets hit with a targeting penalty that I strongly disagree with. Oh, yeah. And then it felt like everything changed for the tech defense. Yeah. So beyond that penalty, uh, this officiating crew was terrible, um, as per usual. (laughs) Uh, Same same shit. This was was definitely a different crew, Matt, than the one we saw in the Southeastern game and that I called out at the UTSA game. They did the same shit. They, They... like constantly we're grouping together to talk about stuff, just basic stuff like an offside call. And it's like the line judge threw a flag. Therefore it was offside. Like, what do you have to talk about? Like, it's not somebody was lined up in the neutral zone or they weren't. And that guy says he saw it. So just call the freaking <laughs> penalty, you know? Yeah. And or, was, or the catch, not catch review. Yeah, second review. We had literally no idea what was going on in the, in the stands. And apparently the announcers didn't either. Oh no. The, the, the commentators, a couple of times were bewildered. The one that sticks out to me most. I need to go find the, an audio clip of that. Was this on stadium? I don't yeah, know. If yeah. you play games. It was on. It was. And I always feel like it's the 1980s when I watch it on stadium because there's no down and distance markers and I've learned to like it. <laughs> so the worst one was an incomplete pass that they were attempting to say was a catch. The guys up in the booth were shocked. It was taking as long as it was. And, didn't really understand why the officials congregated the first time only to break apart and recongregate uh, to talk about again. When they placed it between those two reviews, the com- I, I wrote down the quote from the commentators because I just found it hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I believe as the play-by-play guy was just, what What are they doing? And the other guy was, oh my goodness. It was yeah. just like, I've never seen a, yeah. a, a broadcast crew just that saddened by the, the black and white so striped. They- I don't I don't know if I've ever seen this. They they said the previous play is under review on the field, like after they called it a catch. Then they came back, lined up Charlotte, said that the call stands, and then they stopped play again right before they were gonna snap the ball and said the previous play is under review. And it was as if like we were just going back in time and the, the first one had never happened. So I don't know what, like, did they just not look at it the first time or did maybe the camera crew said like, oh, wait, we have another angle that you didn't look at. Like, I don't, how does that even happen? Like, were they reviewing a targeting somewhere or like some other reviewable penalty somewhere that happened? And then now they're going to review the catch part of it too, which you're supposed to review all parts of the play. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And so Nathan, you mentioned the targeting from Ladler, which we didn't really talk about. I mean, live, it did not look like a foul it looked like the receiver caught a ball you know it was a dangerous throw from the quarterback you know kind of put his receiver in danger there to get hit and he got hit but Ladler like seemed to make an effort to not put his head down or hit the guy's head so I was surprised they were even looking at it after watching it live like you were a little ahead of us because you were at the game we were watching a stream which is a little bit behind um but it's like okay was that targeting and it's no why i I was confused why you were even asking because they hadn't even showed up yet on this, on the stream of them reviewing it for targeting. Cause I was like, that wasn't. And then they showed the replay. Uh, there was no forcible contact to the head or neck area. He hits him around the, the nameplate, if I remember right. Yeah. And then he doesn't tuck his head down. His head is facing up like, or straight ahead of him. It's not like he's using his helmet as a projectile right. the way that sometimes also gets called for targeting by neither definition of targeting. Is it a targeting penalty? And yet, 
he was thrown out of this game and the first half of the Southern Miss game because this happened on the fourth play of the second half. Yeah, great. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and then one other officiating thing, Matt, I believe you said it was uh, the the worst pass interference call you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, It was uh, the worst I've ever seen in my entire life of watching sports. Yeah. Specifically football. Obviously it was just a really, really bad. Well, apparently a lot of games at the, around the same time all had officiating issues. I think it was the, the Kusa refs on Twitter, the, the parody account (laughs) that got tweets from like five or six schools of fans being upset about the refs all at the same time, which just the stars aligned at that moment for poor officiating. Yeah, and and that specific pass interference, like literally, the wide receiver tripped and pulled our guy <laughs> to the ground with yeah. him, and they called pass interference on our guy, and it was like not even like our guy was not even touching him, and it it wasn't even close. But yeah, it was, um, and and it was bad. one of those situations where the referee who was closest to it and had the best view did not throw a flag, yeah, and then the referee behind the play threw the flag and then they got together and decided to to call the penalty anyway. And it's like, I mean, the other guy was looking right at the play and, and didn't call it, but okay. So it, it was just bizarre. The referee also had this like, like nasally voice that just was yeah. really like, it, he kind of talked like this. It was really almost, annoying. Almost like Dr. Mac. Yeah. Uh, but not quite as like, <laughs> not quite as like, like Wisconsin, you know, just like, that's too, that's too bad. Yeah. Maybe it was Dr. Mac probably would have been a better official. I've never (laughs) met the guy, but (laughs) I would drop a lot of money to hear Dr. Mac ref a Louisiana tech football game. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that would be, that would be great, but (laughs) enough to be embarrassed by the amount I would spend. I'm going to give a little taste of it right now. Um, You know, no, I'm not. The officiating was bad. bad, Yes. Yeah. And I, I also thought to just, just while we're on the bad, I thought the defense, you know, in the track meet portion of this game, the defense just looked lost at times. I mean, Charlotte's running down the field there. They're nine plays, 75 yards in three and a half minutes, four plays, 75 yards in one eighteen, seven plays, 75 yards in two twenty two. I mean, it's just like they, they could not stop them from doing anything. There probably aren't even incompletions or anything. Yeah. And, and we're talking like, we're talking like 15, 28 yard passes that are just completely uncontested. So the defense looked real bad at times in this game, but they did enough to to win, I guess. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's what matters, I guess. But yeah, it was <laughs> kind of disappointing to see the, the defense yet again try to give up a game when we have a decent to large lead late. Yeah. We've uh, seen that a few times this year. The, wor- the worst play on defense was the 4th and 16 bomb that Charlotte had oh to, God. Yeah. to stay Just in the game. Just wide open. Just absolutely wide open was the worst play defensively. Just, just he just ran a vert, like a vertical. Yes. He didn't even it, it was I have no idea play. how he was that wide it, open. It's one thing if it's a screen pass and the guy like is able to escape and and make some moves to to pick up a first down because then at least it's yep. not great, but it's it's not like getting beat on 4th and 16. Your one job is to keep the player in front of the sticks or between keep yourself between the sticks and the player and yeah. that just uh, my, yeah. my God, dude, that, that sack 
a couple plays before that yeah. to lose nine <laughs> yeah. yards. Deshaun Hall literally tackled that man like yes. right when he caught the ball. I have no idea how he got back there so fast. <laughs> I didn't get to watch a replay or anything. I was just like, what? It was frightening <laughs> to watch in real time. Yeah, was <laughs> like, Deshaun Hall, where you been, dude? Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the sound effect from 1960s cartoons when someone's invisible and then they show up again. I wish we had a I wish you had a, a an effects player on here to play it because it's I can add it in post. Yeah, if you can find the one that goes woo, 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 like the one where they oh, like, no. come we'll in. Oh, we'll just use that. Yeah, thank you. Yes, uh, I'm a man yeah, of many talents. One of which is not that. <laughs> but I mean, Deshaun had Hall had probably one of the better plays of the night with that sack. But do we think that he's a candidate for player of the game, or who do you guys have for Ooh. that title? Oh uh, well, I I had already mentioned to you guys who my uh, who I was going to select for player of the game. It's Aaron Allen for me. Just a tremendous, tremendous day for him. And I've been really, I've been really low on him mm-hmm. in the past and not saying I inspired his performance. Um, but he has a bulletin board filled with Matt yeah. quotes from the GTPD <laughs> podcast. Yeah, he's got the the steel image of me that someone made criticizing the Sunbelt. So that's my player of the game. He had, had only six incompletions over 300 yards, a pair of touchdowns, including one that was an absolute dime in the end zone. So oh, yeah. that's that's my that's my player of the game. I mean, really, just to, just to come out in that situation where Austin Kendall is still dealing with injury. J.D. Head apparently was like he, he could play, but he didn't practice all week because of a shoulder issue. And if you ask me if Kendall's done for the season and I'm starting to suspect that he is because he's probably thinking about his long term future. Uh, just keep playing Aaron. What the hell? Yeah. Evan, do you have a player of the game? Man, it it's it's hard not to just give it to Aaron Allen because I mean he it wasn't just the stat line it wasn't just that it like I said it's the it's the situation that he's in where like none of the fan base is really behind him we all kind of think like oh well you you might be a backup right like if you want to stay here but to come out and play like that is just super impressive but I gotta go with Marcus Williams man finally breaks the hundred yard. Uh, the hundred yard mark. He had three touchdowns, um, two touchdowns in the first half, one on the first drive of the second half. He ends up with four touchdowns in this game, 131 yards. Finally, feel like he's hitting his stride, and kind of sucks that he's a you know super COVID senior or whatever, and and is gone after this year because it it feels like he's just starting to hit his stride in this offense. So I'm gonna give it to him, but. I think Aaron Allen is is definitely like a 1A and Marcus Williams Jr. is, is a 1B for me. I definitely agree with that. Marcus Williams Jr. was the guy I was going to give it to, but I'll I'll pull a classic Evan move and give it to the offensive line as my... That is a class. If you had gone first, I would have done that, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, just zero sacks allowed, and also you don't have a running back that is able to run for 131 yards that the offensive line able to block, at least to get him going. So, yeah, with a unit that we had high hopes for that immediately fell flat. I am very, very happy about how this offensive line performed. So just collectively, they can share the trophy five ways. Definitely really, really good stuff from the offensive line. Yeah. And uh, we don't want to spend too much longer in football zone because we still have some hoops to talk about here. But very quickly, what is your answer to the ultimate question? Did Tech go and did Tech die? Tech went and they did not die. There we go. Classic. I was happy. I was imploring towards the end of the game. I was imploring the Bulldogs not to make me drive back to Dallas all pissed off because <laughs> I, I did a turnaround trip. Uh, just just went to Rustin for the game and went back. And uh, I, w- I did not want to be mad for four hours, you know, driving back late into the night. So 
um, I was I was very happy to not have that happen. Matt, I, I mean, yeah, Tech did go, did not die. So it's a fun it's fun saying that again. Yeah, God, it's been it's a while. Been a while. Yeah. Also have to agree, Tech went and did not die, but Yay. the hoops team did to start the season against Alabama. Mm, man, that was a very very sobering experience. Yeah, I I actually listened to our preview podcast after the game and i said the only reason that i would be upset with this game is if we lost by 25 well we lost by more than 25 so <laughs> that was yeah, uh, they, that was they a were not great to listen back to <laughs> pretty bad pretty bad beat down and it's super early in the season i'm not i don't think tech's going to get a shot against alabama again but maybe it's a team that they can compete with a little bit more better a little bit more better jesus it's a team they might be able to compete with better <laughs> a little further down the road after the team has a chance to gel a little bit more, but it was really sobering seeing tech get destroyed. And it was, it, it was kind of close uh, even towards yeah. the end of the first, the, the first half or first yeah. period, whatever you want to call it. It was, it was so, pretty close. Yeah. I think Nathan, you want to do a 60 second recap segment here, right. To, to kind of yeah, refresh I'm, everybody's memory. Yeah. I'll probably only use 30 of it here. We've been kind of fluctuating in 30 second increments, how long these segments are, but this game, not a whole lot to talk about recap-wise. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and start those counters now. The game starts off pretty well for the Bulldogs with teams with the teams basically trading buckets, but a 12-2 run puts the Crimson Tide up 21-18 with seven and a half minutes left in the first half. No more huge runs like that for either team before the half, but Bama was able to expand their lead to 48-31 at intermission. But more importantly, Junior Lofton left the game and didn't return. Apparently he needed to double fist IVs Literally, apparently he needed two IVs put in, put in him Jesus. for this game. Uh, yeah. Tech starts the second half by closing the 17-point deficit quickly to 12, but the offense also quickly starts struggling, only scoring on four of their next 15 offensive possessions, and that one pretty much puts the game out of reach. And what doesn't help mm-hmm. is Alabama's dagger of a 13-2 run late in the game to completely run away with this basketball game, 93-64. to Yeah, it was... 52 seconds. Nice. Uh, yeah. Which which is about, which is about as much time as tech competed in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Unfortunately that, that only scoring on a few of their possessions would be a theme of, uh, of the first couple games here. Um, yeah. So I don't know that there's too much to take away from this game. Alabama is, uh, you know, the, the great team. The defending SEC champions, of course, the SEC is a very strong basketball conference with Kentucky and, um, you know, even LSU. Uh, yeah, LSU is good from time to time. Alabama's not a traditional SEC power, but they are ranked in the preseason. Uh, they're number 14 and, and they might have yeah. like their front court might be the best front court in the country outside of Gonzaga, from what I understand. So, I mean, those guards are like that. <laughs> They yeah. are no joke. They can hit yeah. three pointers all freaking night like they did against us. So, I, I mean, the team came out and, and played OK, uh, like you said, Matt. I mean, kept it close for a minute, but uh, really the stats kind of tell tell it all here. The base yeah. basic stats. I don't have Ken Palm pulled up, but Tech shot 23 percent from three point and Alabama shot 39 percent from three point hitting 13. They also shot 50 percent from the field. Um, you're not going to beat a good team that's shooting that well, you know? Yeah. I mean, and part of it was tech lost their, their in the paint guy and Lofton pretty early. And kind of when you had the whole game revolving around him, then you're yeah. kind of forced yeah. to shoot. And threes. Lofton, 
was good. I, I mean, 12 points and uh, and nine rebounds. So he was going to have a double double if he got to play anymore. But he only got to play those 20 minutes. He is OK. He did play the next game. So um, I don't know if it was like a like a conditioning thing or a, you know, just a too much meatloaf before the game. <laughs> just like a just like a pressure. Yeah, the mayonnaise based barbecue sauce. Oh, man, that sounds so good. Alabama specialty. It's an abomination. But um, <laughs> do you guys think there was anything good in no. this game? I have one more bad thing, actually, before we oh, okay, go fine. into that. That's what and, that's, and that's rebounding. And, th- and this also probably goes a little bit back to Lofton because the ball seems magnetic when it's around his hands half the time. That just somehow he's able to come down with it. Oh, yeah. Wow. But both teams so. have 16 offensive rebounds, but Tech has 21 defensive rebounds compared to 35 for Alabama <laughs> out rebounding oh. the Bulldogs overall by 14. Yeah. That's bad. Oh. Yeah. Tech was not getting second as, Oh, I guess we got as many second chance <laughs> opportunities as Alabama <laughs> with 16, but, but we, how did, how do those stats even, <laughs> how do those even make sense? I don't understand, but yeah, they, they, uh, they definitely out rebounded us when we shot the ball. Um, it just wasn't, wasn't a great game for the Bulldogs. And you know, uh, that's like I said. That this is a great team. This is a tournament team. This might be like a like an elite eight, final four type of team this year, uh, depending on how things shake out. So, I'm not too disheartened by the loss. No one wants to lose that poorly. But if we're going to talk about the next game, I'm I'm sure we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anything good from this game before we before we move? The one bright spot to me was Keystone Willis, the sophomore yeah. who's playing his first minutes with the Bulldogs. Tech hit six three-pointers all night on 26 attempts. Half of those came from Willis on eight attempts. That's still not 50% from three, but, I mean, that's a, he averaged about what Alabama did from the from three-point land on the night. Yeah, he was actually the leading leading scorer in his first game. Um, uh, now, <laughs> the, going into the yeah, next game, not so much. he didn't but, build on that. But, uh, but you know, I, I think it'll be really, really critical for this team if – we're going to compete to have bench players that can come in and and shoot like that. And maybe, you know, who knows, maybe he works his way into the starting lineup sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, some of the other guys uh, I thought were were OK, too. So so I kind of look at this in a vacuum like Tech's not going to be playing against competition like this consistently. No, this so, is the best team we're, we played all season, I think. Well, let, and let's hope so. in night one. <laughs> let's hope so. Ben Palm rating at least. By far, but the team that we played on Friday night was supposed to be one of the worst teams we're supposed to face all year in a Jackson State (laughs) Tigers program that Tech beat by two. Yeah, and so that leads me to the whole, I don't want to jump to conclusions as I tend to, but it's a little disappointing that it was as close as it was if Jackson State is as bad as they allegedly are. Yeah, so let's go do this 60 second recap. Again, this one will probably be closer down to the wire because this game kind of came close down to the wire. All right, so three, two, one. After a slow start by both teams, Tech seemed to start to run away with it, going on a 15-2 run to go up by 10, a lead that mostly holds going into the half with the dogs up 38-30. to More of that status quo to open the second half. About halfway through the second half, both teams just go cold with 15 straight combined possessions that end up with no points scored. Jackson State... Shakes off the cold streak before Tech does, closing the Bulldog League to four with three and a half minutes left. Skipping ahead a bit, 
56 seconds left. Crawford hits a free throw to put the dogs up 67-60, to 60, which seems to kind of end the game. But a Ken Evans three-pointer, followed by a steal, followed by a Ken Evans three-pointer. And now it's a one-point game with 43 seconds left. Tech drives. Junior misses a layup, but Crawford gets the board and the layup, making extending the lead to three, 24 seconds left. The Tigers go for a quick two, 69-68. Bulldogs, six seconds left. Kobe's fouled with five seconds left. If he hits both, you pretty much end the game. But he only gets one, so Jackson State has a chance to send this game into overtime. But instead of hitting a clutch three-pointer, they turn the ball over as time expires, and Tech holds on to win 70-68. to Yeah, that... Should not have been stre- that close. Yeah, the stretch yeah. run of the second half was just brutal to watch. I mean, the announcers were even saying... You know, it was our guy, um, Chris Mikoski and uh, Lynn Rollins were basically just like, we don't know how Louisiana Tech is still winning this game. They have not scored a bucket since like 10 minutes left in the half. And it's one minute left in the half. Yeah, Um, that was a very painful thing to witness. And let's see, I'm trying to find the last bucket we made. Crawford makes a layup with 1309 left. Then there are no, no points after that layup. There are no buckets from 1309 by either team until 805 that is ugly yeah. basketball yeah or good defensive basketball depending on how you're looking at and that. only one point was scored on one free throw that's amazing it was 52 to 42 with 1309 left it is it is 52 to 45 when isaiah <laughs> williams makes the jumper at 805 that's amazing yeah that's so tech went from what is that 1309 all the way until 237 without making a a bucket from the field. They made free throws, but they did not make a bucket from the field until Kobe Williams makes a layup with 237 left. Just just brutal. I mean, I think we can all agree that this game was closer than it should have been, but were there any highlights, anything to kind of point to and and uh, kind of take away and ha- be a little optimistic heading forward? I don't know. I uh, Keiston Williams is hot and cold. I mean, that's oh, not, optim- was- that's not optimism, but he scored one point on over eight shooting yeah, from the field was- in 22 minutes. So the complete opposite of his performance at Alabama, maybe he's not necessarily the guy you can rely on coming off the bench, but you know, Matt, did you have anything else to, to shout out here or, or anything optimistic to talk about? I just want to see the season just started and you want to see the team progress in a direction that is much more positive. So having gotten blown out by Alabama, you go and play Jackson State, you win. That is progression. However, I'd like to see more convincing victories against opposition considered far less talented. Right. So, and it looked like it was going that way too. And then the team just, yeah, I don't know what that, happened. It, I don't know either. That there's one thing that really stuck out that bothered me the worst. Uh, Kenny just had a horrible takeaway that, that, that three-pointer Nathan mentioned, yeah. followed by a steal and a three-pointer, yeah. was it was basically Lofton just handing the ball to yes. to a guy. Um, very, 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 very soft. Uh, just not. I expect better out of him, and he's. I'm sure he's going to have a very good season. It just kind of sucked seeing the player considered to be by most the best, maybe not even not only on the the whole team, but in the whole conference, uh, do something so silly. So I'd like to see some improvement there because if your best player is playing poorly, what does that say about the rest of the team? Right. I mean, I think I, on the night he he did, wasn't playing poorly. Uh, I am applauding his 
determination to hit a three-pointer at some point this year. He tried two against Alabama and one <laughs> against Jackson State hitting right. none of them. But eventually, it's going to go in the hoop. Yeah. And the one we'll here was, was pretty close. And uh, I, I got... Uh, I got Catherine to come out and, and watch the game because I told her that he attempted one. So yeah. Any other thoughts about this before we wrap up the show? I think that some of these bench players, um, like the freshman Caleb Stewart, the the point guard that backs up Kobe, um, he's shown some flashes in these games. Kenny Hunter, like you said, Matt, um, has shown some, some flashes. Gee, I did not, I did not touch on this. He had a block where he, he, he murdered that man. Yeah. It was it was pretty great. It, <laughs> Absolutely shades of uh, shades of Michael Kaiser there with that one. Yeah, I just as soon as he did it, I heard a sound bite from a game that I adored as a child, and I still play occasionally on PlayStation Two, NBA Street Volume One, uh, of just like a generic defensive uh, player, I guess uh, taunt or whatever, where they like slap the ball, and he says, "Get that out of here!" And I was like, "That's like the first thing that." crossed my mind when he did it it was a lot of fun to see that it brought me back to the days of the uh of the duncan dogs seven eight years ago yeah and just one more thing i I think it's been interesting to see the bench rotation come in david green has gotten some decent minutes he's the hofster transfer um and he's he's looked okay he hasn't done anything you know crazy uh, or you know anything that deserves praise or anything but he's just been a solid piece and you know he's a He's a redshirt freshman, I guess, or a COVID freshman um, that didn't really play that much at Hofstra. So I've been interested to see him, you know, get 10 minutes in both games so far. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that rotation kind of shakes out as we keep going here into the season. And after we saw a couple games against some out of state, but still general South foes, let's see how this team looks over the next week when they play a couple teams from inside the state of Louisiana. But to hear those previews, you'll have to listen to the next episode of the GoTech Plays and Die podcast. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this one, though, of the GoTech Plays and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can read some stories, do some contests, and buy some merch. Let's start with the contests. How those look like right now. Yeah, so I uh, I didn't grade it yet. Um, so the pick'em will be out by the time you hear this podcast, and the contest will be out on Wednesday. Uh, check those out. I will tweet out the scores, so so just be on the lookout for that. And then while you're there, you can buy this month's shirt of the month. And it's the 318 on top of the state of Louisiana in tech colors. Need a blue shirt? It's there. Need a shirt that tells people what your area code is? You can get that one, too. Anyway, that's gtpdd.dog slash shop to get that shirt or several others that we have that just have our logos and stuff on them. But until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Let's start with the contests. How those look like right now. Sneed with the sack. Oh, damn it. Did Sneed not get a sack? No, he grabbed Carr and started pulling him to the ground. Carr threw it away. Ah, well. But, uh, yeah, Sneed was. Sneed with the coming. QB pressure? Yeah, Sneed was coming for <laughs> that man's head. He was coming for that man's family. <laughs> I want to watch this replay again. Uh, yeah, you know, so the, the contest, uh, I have not oh, had time. God. <laughs> oh, man, he was running. He was running at Carr like he wanted to kill him. 
<laughs> just like the Terminator in Terminator 2, just like that precision running. Anyway, yeah, the contest. How's that going? Yeah, so I uh, I didn't grade it yet. My God. 